Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes And here we are Oh, whoa, we're back Woe is right, we are back This is episode 120 of American Brews and 120. Tunes Minus one. I mean, it's 119. (laughs) Right before we started the episode, Steve was like, it's going to, this is episode 119. (laughs) Immediately, you just say 120. I I don't know. My brain goes faster than my my mouth, you know. Yeah, you got 120 on the mind. Maybe you're thinking about Dogfish Head, 120 minute IPA. Or maybe I'm excited about 120, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Was it act? Did he actually misspeak or was that on purpose? Who you know, knows? Let's, let's just talk about what we're doing next week real quick. OK, real quick. We will. And that's it's why a, I'm so excited about 120. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting time. So we'll let you know what this episode's about in a second. But next week's episode is an interview with a brewery. Yes, we had the the pleasure of, of sitting down and talking over uh, Zencaster with uh ben butler the one one of the owners of necromancer brewing back in pittsburgh ben is a good friend of ours from college so we got to sit down and and, uh, try some of his brews and talk to him about their history um so we're really excited for you guys to hear that Uh, i think it's, it's a good one yeah it was a really good interview uh we won't spoil what we think about his beers but just know that it was a good interview I'll spoil it. The beers were not bad. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they were not bad. That is true. <laughs> yeah, but but we'll, you'll have to listen to see what we think about that and hear a little bit more about that brewery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yes, for sure. Um, but today's episode. Today's episode indeed. is about episode something else. 119, as yes. we all know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is about a band that we really enjoy a punk rock yeah. band called no use for a name yes we uh are both pretty big fans of them uh i think you're a little bit more well versed in all their music than i am uh, a little bit maybe just a little bit more uh, i really know i know two of their albums pretty well the uh one we're going to talk about today and then the hard rock bottom that album which is also a great album. We'll probably do that in the future, but the episode we're talking about today is 2008's Feel Good Record of the Year. And boy, is it a feel-good record of the year, right? Wink, wink. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. uh, Yeah, a lot of of the songs on this this album, like, sound pretty upbeat and pretty, uh, I mean, like a classic 90s punk album, you know, super fast, really fast drums, really fast guitar lines, and... Uh, the melodies are all very upbeat and positive sounding, but some of the lyrics, though, are not. Oh, the music is really feel good. Yeah. The lyrics, <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> we will. We'll get into that as we go through the track listing. <laughs> yeah. As we uh, move on to the other portion of the podcast, which if it's not tunes, it has to be brews. Oh, yeah. Uh, this week, we are trying a beer from Cigar City. And cr- have we had anything from Cigar City before on the pod? Um, uh, first of all, you just called our, the podcast the pod, which is kind of silly and funny. Um, you know. But second of all... The, the good old cast. Yeah, the good old cast. You know, 
the pod, we're, the cast. We're just casting the pod, you know? <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, not to my memory, I don't remember ever having a Cigar City Brewing Company beer on here. I, mainly, I mainly, mainly because I feel like the only ones that we can normally find here in Nashville are like Jialai, uh and then there's there are a couple more. And there, I've already there's several others. And I think maybe we had the Hyalai White Oak. Oh yeah, I think we did have that beer. Yep, which we did. Uh, is very good IPA. Um, we're having a double IPA from them today, and it is called yes. Florida Man. Florida Man. What do, you, what do you think of when you hear Florida Man? <clears throat> uh, I think of all the news articles that are, pop up everywhere. Same. About, about crazy people in Florida. <laughs> A Florida man was accused of eating somebody's face. Yes. Uh, or, what, what's sad is that's a true news story and it's happened two times <laughs> see okay have you uh let's take a little we're both on computers right now we're not doing this in person um so take it take a second uh type in your birthday on google steve uh-huh and then uh after that put in florida man and see what comes up no do I, am i doing the year as well no i just did i did just just do the day okay because apparently this is a thing and then just read, like, maybe click on the news tab or on all, maybe, and just whatever, whatever the first headline is. Uh, I, like, I see, like, three news stories that I want to read to you already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What's your first one? The first one that comes up. Okay, the very first one. On Florida man arrested after girl hit with flagpole during street corner Trump rally. That's very recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one. Florida man gets probation for picking up and transporting 41 turtles. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, neighbors complain about Florida man doing yard work naked. <laughs> my, my first one is Florida man holds neighbors hostage when he asks to borrow salt. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Florida man sentenced to three years for spitting on 70-year-old. Ah. I mean Yeah. Anyway, that's a little funny kind of thing you can do. Uh that's what Florida man is, though. It's the proverbial man from Florida who probably is most for, likely on for lack some of sort of drugs. Is, is on some kind of drugs, probably bath salts or crack or who knows? Who knows? What. Some sort of bad drug that really messes with your mind. Getting into some shenanigans. Um, do you want me to read the description that Untapped has here for the Florida Man Double IPA? Uh, yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right here it goes. The world needs heroes, and in our home state of Florida, only a very special hero will do. A hero with a shark tooth around his neck, a grim <laughs> reaper tattoo on his arm. And a rap sheet longer than his mama's mustache. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. A hero who's forgotten more about amateur taxidermy and alligator wrestling than you'll ever know. What better way to pay tribute to our beloved Florida man than a big old double IPA brew with nearly criminal amount of hops and a moderate bitterness that just about matches Florida man's general disposition. This hopped up. Whopper of a beer is big in character and guaranteed to to sear itself <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> into your memory, just like the world's worst superhero, Florida Man. 
world's worst superhero. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But that oh, is that's uh, great. That's a good descriptor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to uh, to crack this can open and give it a shot here. See what Florida man has to offer. And just for the, uh, the, the beer fans out there, this clocks in at 80 IBUs and 8.5%. Oh, yep, fairly bitter. Let's give it a crack. All right. Hmm. See what this looks like as a pour. Oh, it's. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't it, uh, say it's. I it's mean, not really hazy, but it is kind of a little bit hazy. Yeah, I'd say you can still see through it, though. Yeah, but it's definitely like more cloudy than uh, a yingling. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely more cloudy than a yingling. Uh, my, the head on the beer is kind of dissipating kind of quickly a little bit. A little more quickly than than a than I, I would expect I would from liked. a big beer. Yeah. yeah, but it smells pretty good too. So yeah, I, I got that to, uh, a little bit of a piney. I mean, stereotypical hop IPA smell. It's it yeah, smells good. Yeah, I've got a little pine on there, and then a, a little fruit on the back end of the nose. Yeah, I'm expecting this to be smells pretty good. Like a double IPAs can range anywhere from like six point eight percent to like twelve percent. So. I'm expecting this to be not too boozy tasting, but, uh, but like, well-rounded, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I think so. At least I'm hoping that it is well-rounded. I'm hoping it doesn't taste too boozy. But I'm also hoping that it's a nice punch in the face of hops. Yeah. Because uh, we all know about the the sweetness of IPAs lately. <laughs> True, we all do. Anyway. Uh, let's say that we give this a uh, a try. All right, sounds good. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Down the Florida hatch. <laughs> okay. Well, first impression. Uh, it was sweet immediately. Like the, the upfront, as it was like entering my mouth, I got this sweet flavor, like a sweet fruity flavor. Yeah. Not the sweetness that you'd expect from a hazy IPA, but just this, I, I don't know how to describe it, just like a, a, a citrusy fruit flavor that was sweet. Yeah, it's all, and then like a kind of a, a big wave of hops happens after that. Yes, but the big wave of hops doesn't linger too long. Like mm. it, it, it goes down the palate nice, but it doesn't have that dry, lingering bitter that a lot of big IPAs have. Hmm. I'm actually getting a little bit of that. Are you? I think I think it's it's lingering a, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I still taste that hop bitterness, but I'm expecting yeah. like a, of a big double IPA. I expect that to be It'd be pretty a little bit more intense. Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, I guess as a reference, this doesn't taste like 80 IBUs is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I got I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's um, definitely way more hoppy than say a Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that. I think it is a. Uh, it's not as bitter as it maybe could be, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, it's not bad. I actually really like this, and I think it's yeah, more refreshing. I think it's pretty tasty as well. Um, it doesn't taste like eight point five percent. It doesn't taste like eighty IBUs, which I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just an observation. I, yeah. I I think I like this beer quite a quite a bit, and it's actually probably a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's not bad at all. I feel like it's a. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty balanced. Yeah. Um, I, you know, maybe a, I would, maybe I would look for a little bit more clarity, uh, yeah. But but you know, it is a double IPA. It's not a West Coast style, so correct. 
what, what, what I mean by saying it's a bad thing is because I, I, I feel like I could have several of these while sitting in the sun. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> that would be very bad. <laughs> it's not heavy. And as it warms up, I think maybe the booze and the hops might shine through a little more. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but as it stands right now, it's it's uh, tasting less intense than I think it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. I've already took like like three or four sips in this yeah. first time while, you, while you've been explaining it. So I keep having to go back because it, it it's not at all what I expected, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like there's like almost like a weird like orange zest, like resin, resin like flavor in it. And I'd like to compare this with the Highlight, uh, the Cigar City IPA, but I think that one is a little more bitter than this. If I think if I it is too. Correctly. Um, it's been a while since I had a highlight, uh, but I feel like it is as well. I feel like this one's a little bit sweeter than the which, than the highlight, which is pretty surprising. But I don't know, maybe that's what they were going with with the Florida man. Yeah, as He's always, bitter and then a little bit sweet as well, <laughs> like uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, first they're sour, then they're sweet, then they're sweet. <laughs> but anyway as, as always if the beer changes as it warms up which i i fully anticipate I, yeah on this one. i think it will once the once the beer honestly has a little bit time to breathe like the hops mm-hmm. have a little we'll, bit of time to is that a thing with beer breathing like the like with the wine uh, i don't know i hear that more for wine and sometimes with whiskey but i think that's yeah. more of a wine thing probably beer, I'm, i think beer is more temperature maybe as it warms up it'll get a little bit and you know what? More maybe juicy that, or something. Maybe that's the truth with wine. Also, they just don't know. They that. just say, or they, or they just make it sound fancy and say, "Ah, uh, yes." As the wine begins to breathe a bit. Yes, as it will breathe, and the air will open the bouquet. Yes, yeah, it's quite. Hmm, this Florida man beer is quite nice right now, but just give it twenty minutes. And it yes. will warm up quite nicely and release all the pungent hop flavors that you're looking for. You must carefully pour the Florida man or the tannins will be overpowering. <laughs> the tannins. Or the tannins will be overpowering, yes. Yes. Hmm. Let's keep on saying other chemical things that general people probably won't question and uh, just keep hmm. on... Hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. (laughs) Chlorofluorocarbons. Ah, yes. Photosynthesizing something or other. (laughs) Armadillo. Yes. The scientific method. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going back to really rudimentary science class now. Hypothesis. Ah, yes. What is this? More acidic or is it a base? I don't know. Let's get our pH testers out. <laughs> mm, pH. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, right, the uh, album. Right, we're talking yes, about an album, yes, too. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's, let's move on to the album, for <laughs> let's sure. Let's get back to that, yeah. <laughs> like we said before, this is Feel Good Record of the Year by No Use for a Name. Yeah, even like the even like the record cover even looks like like it's a girl like listening to a record in a field and it's like ah like wouldn't that be nice just like out in the field like like she's it's it's a nice grassy field in the sun it looks like a nostalgia trip based on the cover yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and and they kind of frame it almost like it would be not necessarily but kind of like a polaroid i don't want to say for sure but kind of like the the 
the colors make it seem like it's an old photo. Like an almost. old picture, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, no use for a name. Uh, like Jesse said, they got the fast punk beats. They're like a, I, I hesitate to say they're a skate punk band, but they, they do fit into that category pretty well, uh, I, I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's move on to the first song. Cause I'm, I, I got the lyrics pulled up here and I'm reading through them and they're not what I remember them being at all. They're not, but before you get there, uh, just, just some background brief, on this album. Yeah. Brief like overview. Yeah. Briefing. It's their eighth and final album. Yes. Um, because lead singer, songwriter and guitar player, Tony Sly passed away four years later in 2012. Never forget. Um, never Tony forget RIP Tony Sly, a fantastic songwriter. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the band's most concise and tight albums. Um, they have 14 songs that somehow they fit into 35 minutes, with, which is crazy. Yeah. And they um, all, in my opinion, they all sound good. Like there's, agreed. There, are, there are no skippers on this album for me. Agreed. Um, great examples of Tony Sly's songwriting. And when I say that, I mean, he uses a lot of uh, passing chords. Yeah. Um, a lot of minor fours. Yep. Nice. Which we, um, I like. Minor fours are very yes. nice. <laughs> well, we wow wow. <laughs> and uh, from a lyric standpoint, um, something that I really didn't notice until some people from the Swellers commented upon No Use for a Name, but they credited them and said they were the, like the first band that had choruses where it wasn't this, the repeated chorus from the first chorus. They switched up the lyrics every single chorus. Yeah. Um, that's definitely, uh, again, something they do here. Um, I've even tried to write like that to an extent after hearing this, because I think that's that's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's different. You have yeah, the same in melodically, but lyrically they switch up what they're saying. I mean, I guess, yeah, they, they, they might've just thought like, Hey, why not? Why not do the same thing we do with verses with choruses? Yeah, exactly. Like we switch, we switch the words with verses all the time. Yeah. Let's try with the choruses. And it, it really works. Um, it's, yeah. it's a really cool tool. Um, yeah. I think this band being their final album, it kind of cements their legacy. I think so too. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to say it's a perfect album, but it's it's a fantastic album, maybe near perfect. Um, a, if I, I don't want this to be the band's last album because if I mean if Obviously. Tony Sly was still alive, yeah. I'd want more. But yeah. because it is their last one, I think it's a great one to finish on. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's been elevated even with some of the things that have come after it. Tony Sly released um, some solo albums and he had a split with Joey Cape where he covered uh, one of the songs off of this album. That was really, really great. Um, Fat records put out a Tony Sly um, tribute album. Yeah. And there was multiple songs from this album that they, they had on there. And, and mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see other artists interpret his music because they could really change the style of his songs and it still would be fantastic. That's, and that's just like a, an attribute to like how good of a songwriter Tony Sly was. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I just think there there are certain uh, there are certain songwriters where like you just like hear a melody from them and you think like yeah like that's good like and like you like wonder how they are able to come up with that you know and yeah. like I think I think like John John Foreman is one of those people for me. Agreed. Uh, James Mercer is one of those people for me. Tom DeLonge, Mark um, Hoppus is for everybody. I know. Yeah, I've been I've been listening to Laura Stevenson more recently, and I think her melodies are really good as well. Oh yeah, and yeah, great. like Blake One Eighty Two, yeah, Tom and and Mark um, are insanely like good with that as well. Lennon McCartney, um, if you really yeah. want to go <laughs> top of the if top, if you want to keep <laughs> keep going back, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but um, Tony Tony Sly had a really really good ear for writing a good melody and a yeah. good chord structure. Yeah, I think uh, chord structure. I mean, like I, I've taken a lot away from No Use for a Name. 
especially with minor fours. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we have put like a lot of their songwriting techniques into our music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think it'd be fair to say that this album, like before I get into the track list, like this album is a, is a pretty huge influence on both of us. Agreed. Um, Hands down. Yeah. So let's get into the track listing and I don't know, figure out if this actually is a feel good record of the year. Uh, spoiler, it's not. It's um, not. No, it's I'm, not. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I've got three recommendations, and the first song is my first. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. Um, I I agree with you there. I like this song quite a bit. Um, the song is called it, The Biggest Lie. The Biggest Lie. Yeah. And in like regular punk, fa- punk, punk fashion, it's a song basically commenting on society. Yeah. But, but even before the song starts, there yeah. is a... <clears throat> Like it's like a an old timey radio dial. Yeah, it's like a, a jazzy song, and yeah. then like a broadcaster interrupts saying, "We interrupt your we regular interrupt program for the regular program dance music for your special bulletin from the Chicago Radio News." Yes. And, and then the drums then, come in. Oh, yeah, yeah the drums really so kick much. it in. <laughs> yeah, like it's a literal kickstart to the album. And it's like super recently, fast. recently when I've been listening to that in my car, I like listened through to that and then I'm like, oh, that was so good. And I restart it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to listen to like the first 20 seconds again. <laughs> yeah, it's so great, man. It is fantastic. Like if, yeah. if this if this song doesn't get you going, uh, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, um, it's it really, really leads you in. And then the aggression, like it it just rages the entire song. Yeah, it's so good. It does. So fast. Um, I love the drums. I love the, the guitar. I love the production. Um, and that's the whole album. But this song really kicks it off. I, I love the verses, but I really, really love the call and response of the chorus. I yeah. think it's, it's done really well. Yeah, it's pretty great. Lyrically, I think it's about the hypocrisy in celebrities and the rich people yeah. in, in the world that have all of the means and resources to to help out, but to help people, but they just do not choose to voice popular and trendy opinions instead. Yeah. Um the the one the one line that obviously like gets to this point is when he says it's false sincerity. Sincerity. We hear celebrities buy a hybrid if you can with ten years of your food stamps. Caught myself listening to sheltered excuses excuses for human beings. Human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love Caught that. Caught myself uh, listening chord. to sheltered excuses for human beings. Yeah, that's so good. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that, that line does it pretty well. <clears throat> that one, and then honestly, like right into the next chorus, like the whole next chorus is also just exactly on that same point. Yep, yep. Where Where is the, which which is where the call and response comes in that you were talking about. This is the start of Tony Sly's pessimism, which will last for literally the entire album. Yes, it is true for the entire album. <laughs> uh, side note about this song: when I it was our junior year of college, and my roommate Chris and I can't remember his last name. And Chris I don't wanna, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, for some reason, he lived with us, um, and. He decided he was going to bring in these massive, massive speakers that we would never use throughout the semester, but he wanted to use them and he needed yeah. he needed to test them out. So I was like, oh, I, I, I've got some good CDs and I brought this one out and yeah. I put it in because I knew the first song was a ripper and we mm-hmm. tested out the speakers and it sounded great. 
And then I could he wouldn't give me my CD back. <laughs> I forgot like, about that. After he played it, like he turned his speakers <laughs> off. I was like, oh, can I grab that CD off you? He says, oh, I'll get it to you later. I was like, but we're Why? both standing in the same we're room right and you here. can press the button. It's that and just easy. Just give it to me right now. <laughs> yeah. And so he like left the room and I waited for a couple of minutes and I just went over to the CD player and got it myself. <laughs> and then he put he ta- he put duct tape oh, all over put, the walls to yeah, put, put those noise dampeners. The, yeah, the foam, the foam up. Yep. And he moved out early, so we had all this ripped paint that we had to deal with with our RA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Chris, if you're uh, listening, you screwed us and I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never been resolved. It hasn't. You're a weird guy, and you reported Jesse for sleeping at our place, and you're rude. <laughs> Even though you said it was cool if I stayed there. You Not, are rude. Yeah, you are rude, and if you're listening to this podcast, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <You're> th- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what Tony Sly is talking about, the rich elite in this song. <laughs> in, the cor- in the chorus, so the call and response, he says, it says, so yes. it becomes elite. They separate, then what have we got? Nothing in common with their wealth. Yep. One clip can change public opinion. One sin can send you straight to hell. Yeah. Learned how to lie and not get caught. More piss in the melting pot. Yeah. And I don't know specifically what he meant, but I figured one clip, like, uh, in, in, it's a little prophetic, I think, in, in I mean, his like, words. But I think, like, a clip of a celebrity saying their opinion that maybe will yeah. benefit them greatly or to their detriment one sin can send them straight to hell whatever yeah like keep in mind like this came out in 2008 and like this is happening all the time now with with celebrities one sin can send you straight to hell like so many celebrities have completely lost their entire whatever they built up because of one mistake they made it's common you know yeah it's very common now so it is kind of prophetic in a way like I, i i guess maybe some of this stuff was Happening in 2008 as well. I mean, I was yeah, only I mean, in social I media was, was, was a thing then, school, so. but still near, not nearly as big as it is now. Yeah. Um, moving on to track number two, this song is called I Want to Be Wrong. I Want to Be Wrong. And I think this has the lyric of the album on it. Oh, okay. I'm interested to see what you, th- what you line, think that is. Always on the dark side of a pessimistic moon. Yeah. That's the album for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, yeah. I, I think lyrically, the song is about him kind of just observing like fake and and phony people that are just yeah, full of crap, wanting to be wrong about them, like wanting to to believe that people are good. But in the end, he's pessimistic. Yeah, but the song's super catchy. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> it sounds really. It's feel good. It sounds yeah. great. It sounds really positive. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Let's move on to track number three, which is called Yours to Destroy. And oh, I think I like this, this is a, the first big change um, tonally this, uh, on the song. Is it, this starts song about... that, it starts off with that drum machine. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like whenever I first listened to this, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, are these like uh, like programmed drums? Like, yes. I feel like they were purposefully sounded to be pro- like programmed drums. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure they were, but it's like I I don't think No Use for a Name has ever had anything like that in the past, and obviously they didn't have that in the future. Um, but this yeah. one really kind of was weird the the first time you hear it, but it builds up upon that sound throughout the verses till you get to the chorus, yeah. and it's just really good song. Yeah, it really is. I think it's about a failed relationship. I think so as well. 
Um, the lyrics are vague enough for you to interpret them kind of how you want. I feel like he has an idea in his head, but I think you can kind of take it how you want. Yeah. So like, I mean, even like the first, the first verse is very like metaphorical in a way, I guess. So suddenly I see myself returning to this scene where I was ridden of this crime. Looking at the outline of the chalk drawn on the street, I left so much behind here that the silhouette was me. So it's almost like he is like something has happened in his past and and like it's it was huge enough to yeah leave a part of him behind there, you know. Not a literal or, crime scene. No, not a literal crime scene, but a Or is it? <laughs> Oh, man. Good, good song, but not nearly as good as the next song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next. This is definitely my my recommendation. Like, best song on the album. James, this is my next recommendation. It's track number four. It's called Under the Garden, and it might be might one be of my most... favorite No Use for a Name songs. It definitely is. It's my favorite you know, No Use for a Name song. I have a hard I time think... picking a one, but this is definitely top five. I think the other one is probably International U Day. That's for me. Top five as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song is great. We we covered this song in college. Uh, yeah, we did because it was we would did, we did the acoustic version that um, I think we changed it up a little bit, but it was similar to the acoustic one that Tony Sly did on his split with Joey Cape. Yeah. Yep. Um, killer, killer song. Super fast and aggressive. Yeah. Um, has a great melody and fantastic harmonies. Yeah. Oh, such a great chorus. The chorus is great, but the outro like sums up the entire song so well. And they just repeat that line over and over again. And so we live under the garden where we can um, where see we can the dregs. Where we can hide. And not smell the dregs of earth, of the earth or of earth uh, mm-hmm. beneath the sun on the same planet. Inherit, inherit wealth, wealth. Inherit, inherit dirt. dirt. So that is just like, this is life. We're no. here. Uh some of us inherit wealth, some of us inherit dirt. And that's just the way it is. The rest of the song, I think he's talking about people getting caught up in their own self-interest that they're kind of eventually become apathetic and yeah. don't don't look out for the the needs of others. Um but the, the line that always stuck with me was on my way down to the city I was looking out the window at mm-hmm. some point you learn to look the other way. So he's he's like yeah. going into the city and if you're ever going into like a big metropolitan area, you see it all. You see fancy places and you see a lot of homelessness and poverty. Yeah. Um and if you're someone who learns to look the other way, then you're stop you you cease to see it. Yeah. 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 Great song though. Um, a lot to say and it's a rager. <laughs> yeah, it's such a rager and like this is a really good example of how of how well he crafts a melody in this song um, and how, and how just cohesive like he is absolutely with his melodies and with just their songwriting and just their instrument, like the production of the album and mm-hmm. everything. This is a perfect example of how fantastic a band they are. I love this song. And number five, which is, if I had to guess, I'd say your other favorite on the album. I do. Um, I do really like this song. Yeah, it's it's called Sleeping Between Trucks. And I'd say this is the first big outlier. I know I said that yours to destroy was the first big change of pace, but eventually that becomes like a, a rock song on this song. It's completely different than than all the songs that have come before. Um, it's an acoustic folky song with mainly just uh, the, the vocals mm-hmm. and acoustic. But I think a kick drum and a piano come in at the outro. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know 100%. If I had to guess based on the lyrics, I'd say this is about him saying to his wife about being on the road. Like it's him sleeping mm-hmm. between trips while he's on a tour bus or in a van or wherever they're they're touring. Yeah. Um, he's not there. He's sleeping Just uh, like, between yeah. trips. Thinking <clears throat> of and it almost, is it, uh, am I wrong in saying this, that him and his wife were not on good terms? That I don't know. It almost sounds like maybe because this yeah. this whole album was about rocky relationships and pessimistic views of humanity. But his acoustic albums that came later, he had nice things to say about his relationship. So I think mm. things got better after this if there was trouble in paradise before. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like in this song, the uh, there are two of the verses uh, are really poignant, I think. Uh, the first and the third. Uh, and the yeah. first, the first, he says, when you wait for someone to come through, I'm sorry to invo- inform you of the news. On your own, you'll stand in line and wait to let them pick your poison and then decide your fate. So it almost seems like <clears throat> if you don't like choose some way to live your life, you're just going to wait for the people around you to choose your poison or choose yeah. your fate. And then the third... The third verse is overwhelmed. What do we really know? We've never had to live out on the road. In the next five years, I'm going to guess the less we see the beauty, the more we see this mess. And so just like another good, you know, comment on like, like yeah, like the more we <clears throat> or the less we see, I guess maybe in beauty means like fake. Mm-hmm. I guess the more we see like the mess that is all around us all the time. I don't know. It's just uh, I just really like his his lyrics. I think they're they're fairly good. They're fantastic. I mean, and the melody and the chords are are pretty good in the song yeah. too. Everything. If you <laughs> guys can't tell, we really like this album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we like Tony Sly quite a bit. Track number six. Um, the song is called Domino, and it brings back mm-hmm. the loud guitars um, that that uh, definitely contrasts with the previous song. Um, I really like when you get from the chorus into the second verse, it mm-hmm. sounds like it's a, like you think that they're doing a, um, a change in key. Like they're going, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. They do like these like really cool, like almost like half step, like, but then it just goes right back to the right, right back to the, the verse. Yeah. It sounds like, so good. I had to go back and forth between the first verse and the second, because like, I thought, did they switch keys? Like, did they go up? Yeah. But no, they stay in this. It's just the way that they transition from from chorus to verse that leaves you kind of like, how did they do that? Like, what what's going on here? But uh, it's really cool, really cool trick that they did. It seems like this song is about, uh, like, the chorus pretty much explains yeah. what the Falling song is like about. Domino, Falling right? backwards like a domino to a place where you cannot hide. Yeah. You keep asking yourself, is this real or really just a lie? <laughs> the biggest lie. So, yeah, the biggest lie, right? That's a great song, yep. Um, Track number seven, though, is my last recommendation. Oh. Um, it's the feel-good song of the year. Oh, the feel-good so song of the year. Harkens back to the record title. And there's a quote at the beginning of this song. Um, yeah. It's a lady saying, we may not enjoy living together, but dying together won't solve anything. Do you know what yeah. that's from? I do not know what it's from. I'll give you a clue. It's from a very famous zombie movie. Ooh. <laughs> a zombie movie. Take a guess. Is it from uh, 
Night of the Living Dead? It absolutely is, which yeah. is so strange because there's a song. There's a song later where he talks about zombies as well. Well, yeah, the song, which is track number nine in two songs, is Night of the Living Living. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I wonder why <clears throat> did they the put Living that Dead. here? Because yeah, maybe to make some cohesion through the album. Uh, I'm guessing. Or, hold on. Hold on. Quote, is yeah. this is this the halfway point in the album? Yes, it literally is. Is this, yeah. is this the first side, first song on side B? Um, I think. I can tell you in a second if you want me to. Uh, Yeah, let me know because it makes sense because then like her voice in the beginning was very similar. It's the last song on side A. Okay, never mind then. Um, Yeah, this song, I don't know. This song is great. And again, like it's called the feel good song of the year, but it's not feel good. (laughs) Um, I think going back to that quote, I think that quote, does even though it's from the movie night of the living dead thematically the quote is about we may not enjoy living together but dying together won't solve anything this song is about a failed or failing relationship and kind of coping with it through drinking mm, yeah um so i think the quote does work even though it's from a movie that will kind of be referenced later oh That's wow true. i actually just realized after you said that i realized what the first line means then yeah i never yeah. thought the day would come when i would be the poison in the pen i used to write like he never thought that he would be like the bad part of a song that he's writing. Yeah. Weird. But he it's, is it's yeah. crazy. Um, but the, the music's so good and it's fast and punky. Uh, yeah. The melody is so infectious, but my hands down favorite part of the song is near the end when it gets acapella and he's, he's doing the Oz with the, the chorus, like the, mm. the, the uh, yeah he's singing over top of that and it's just so perfectly done yeah 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 it definitely is because like that entire last verse is that acapella right um he says uh, i swear one day i'll get it back something Mm -hmm. that is already dead and gone again i see the trumpet player looking for his song don't worry Mm -hmm. i won't follow you that part of me is learning to let go yeah. What was a space is like a cancer in my soul. So like he's just Ooh. saying how much it's eating away at him that he's not like this mistake and, that he made, you know? And the space was was that other person which he referenced earlier in the song. Mm-hmm. There was a space of inside of me that was you. Yeah. Um and he does Tough. talk about a trumpet player, which is a reference to the next song. Yes. Track yep. number eight, which is called The Trumpet <clears throat> Player. So I think that's kind of cool that he references two songs. Well, kind of references two songs on the last song of side A leading into side B. Um, the trumpet oh. player is kind of a different song. Like It almost has like a, I don't want to say a swing drum beat, but it has a really different feel. Like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's different than any other feel of songs on the album. Um, and I really think that um, he wrote this song really well because he talks about the, this person playing the trumpet who says, like, I, like you'll understand from the trumpet player. Yeah. Um, but then he never really gets it. And then you hear you a trumpet actually. When you hear this trumpet play. Yes. And then you hear a trumpet play in the song, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And the last stanza he says after the trumpet 
that's when he gives his observation about people's greedy motives. And I think the that's what player he... sitting on the hill. He said, I really do not have an answer now. Then vanishing stand and then vanish standing still. Yeah. This seems like just a, uh, I don't know, just like a song about, about just trying to find happiness. It seems like, cause yeah. like the first verse, which honestly, like I, I kind of relate to in a way. And he says always in the way. So I assume like he's talking about maybe about himself. Uh, and he said, I think I've had enough of this. Why is everyone so cold and lonely? Here I go again. I'll try relating to the selfishly absurd. Yeah. And in the end, he just, it's like, he just kind of people's greed. Yeah. He just kind of feels like an outcast, like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. More um, bleak pessimism. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I relate to that. Well, but I relate to, uh, I, I definitely am an, uh, an optimist. An optimistic pessimist. Or, I, I or, bounce back and forth. Or a pessimist who day. a pessimist who wants to be optimistic, who would prefer to be optimistic, but I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but eh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Not saying track I'm, number nine yeah, though. Not, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking another about. Another one. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Night of the Living Living. Night of the Living Living. Yeah. Um, another pessimistic song. And the, the lyric I re- really resonate with this is I'm more scared of the living than the dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there are a lot of good, there are a lot of good uh, uh, metaphors in this, in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and there actually was, I don't know if you, you can hear it. There is a quote at the beginning of this song. Um, and it, it, it there's music playing while it's said. Oh, I right. You, I forgot about know, that. Do you know what the quote is? Well, in case you don't know what it's from. I, it's I do from, not know. It's from it's the from. movie Idiocracy. Oh, and okay. Then it, it's the narrator who says, evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. Yeah. So more pessimism. <laughs> that uh, that pretty much uh, like sums up uh, what this song's about, though. Like, cause yeah. the uh, um, I don't know. I really, I, I really like the first verse. Um, he says, "And so much can change in a second when everybody's hiding the truth." Yep. An eternal quest for some happiness. Is there anything we won't screw? <laughs> and like, I guess, yeah. Literally I wonder that. In, in metaphorically. I wonder that um as well all the time like maybe he means this on a world stage or maybe he means this personally but i do wonder you know why uh the human race is so hateful and like so tribal and whatnot and like i don't know think we we for some reason we need to think that we're better than other people which i don't know just just doesn't make any sense for me or to me but on the bright Um, side the song's an awesome fast punk yeah exactly yeah and but like I, I, I honestly just kind of want to read through these lyrics because like there are a lot of good melodies. Like he says, like a loaded gun, if it sits too long, eventually, eventually. you'll work up the nerve to abandon your herd. Yeah, we got these remedies for insecurities that nobody is listening to. All the mournful cries of the less fortunate are so easy to say not do or not to. It, it fits in with the theme of the movie Idiocracy. If you've never yeah. seen it, it's funny. Dak Shepard and. Um... Luke Wilson, I think, but funny, funny movie. Um, moving on to track number 10, which is called Ontario, Canada, uh, hey. the shortest song on the album, a little less. Yeah, than this two is minutes, also piano driven, which yes, is I, like, I uh, almost say like it's, song. 
it's almost like an interlude, maybe a little mm-hmm. too long to be an interlude, but it feels like an interlude. I definitely think it does. It is. It is the shortest song on the album at yeah. one minute and 55 seconds. So and I, I do like the strings that eventually come in. It's really nice. Um, I think it's about longing for a time when things were good, like looking back on a memory. But again, his his lyrics are vague enough where it's, yeah. it's hard to tell specifically. Um, but it bridges the gap from the last song to the next song, track number 11, which is called Pacific Standard Time. Yes. Um, I think this song is about being on the road and being far away from family. And I think that matches with Pacific Standard Time because like, if you're traveling... Um, all over the place. You need to know what time zone you're in if you're like trying to contact people yeah. um, back home or whatever. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. But I really like how the first verse is over top of that big drum roll. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so good. It gives you that search of ur- like that sense of urgency. Sleep is also known as I'm, I'm awake. awake. Dick to all the while, what's going? Easy life that everybody hates. <laughs> It just like yeah. it just sounds like it's going somewhere, and then eventually, it goes in this awesome halftime cor- pre-chorus chorus, and then it turns into a, a great fast punk song. Yeah, oh, so good. It's a ripper again. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I think this song is about being on the road. I mean, he says, he says, uh, "Somebody get me off this slow descent parade." Yep. The difference is a hundred miles, but a couple months away. I'm saying hello just to say goodbye. Yeah, and you I know? think that that part is when he comes home I'm yeah, saying hello says, just to turn around and leave yeah he, and he says, he, you, when he's home he's always got that that uh suitcase by the door or whatever yeah yep yep yeah. um and yeah and it, it it is really interesting like even the chorus at least i'm pretty sure this is the chorus where he says you must be tired of waiting or making plans to go somewhere between an empty feeling and the worst one that you know mm-hmm. but i'm saving every photograph of you so every uh, time I live, I see there's every every lie I live to see. I think some of these lyrics are wrong on Lyric Genius. Oh, absolutely. I, there there so are misspelled lie, lyrics. I on, live on... to see the truth. Yeah. So it's like he's saying like, yeah, like it sucks. Like we're just in this like really weird situation where you're at home and like you're probably really tired of like being like, maybe I'll go see him or whatever. And it, it sucks. But he's trying to like remain hopeful in a way. Anyway, um, moving on to track number 12, which is called yeah. The Dregs of Sobriety. sobriety. Not The Dregs of Society, but The no, Dregs of Sobriety. sobriety. Clever, yeah. clever, clever. Um, I like that this song starts out with that bass line. Um, it's not necessarily bass chords, um, but like a, just a cool little dot. I don't know what you call it, but it, it's a really cool bass line. Yeah, and that intros by itself and then kind of remains throughout the the entire verse really really nice and it's a slower song in like relative comparison to the rest of it but i wouldn't call this a slow song by any means just slow compared to their fast like skate punk beats yeah yeah it's a sad song i think about being like he, he references being like stuck in this argument of like a toxic relationship and I don't know if it's autobiographical or if he's just like inspired by something, but it's kind of a bummer of a song. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. But I feel like it's, uh, um, I don't know. Cause like he's talks about the dregs of sobriety. So like, cause Alcohol dregs, dregs are like the, the refuse, right? It's yeah, like, I you think, can talk about so. like coffee dregs or coffee ground grounds. So the dregs of sobriety. So like the, uh, 
what comes after you know if you're like an alcoholic and what comes after i guess is maybe what he's talking about and like that being like Perhaps. almost like a, a refuse of like a, you're like a, a completely different person now that you're not with with alcohol anymore i guess i suppose i don't know i don't know yeah it's so again, it's his lyrics are vague enough where it, you can't make a concrete yeah. answer yeah um, I really like the uh, the line, you act as if your clock is fooling time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's like you act as if you, you're not going to die someday, basically, is what I, is how I take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I think me. that's a, yeah, I like that. I like that song a lot. On to a, a very uh, clear uh, song title. Uh, not a very uh, metaphorical <laughs> song title at all. Very on the nose. Track number 13 <laughs> is Kill the Rich. Yes. It's called Kill the Rich. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like um, Sleeping Between Trucks. It's kind of like folky, acoustic driven, but there are drums to this song and it's got a bass line, kind of like, like that old country yeah. sounding bass line. Do, 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 do. Um, but it, it's like the last outlier on the album, like the last song that's not like a speed punk, skate punk sounding song yeah um and and like the title says i'm sure it's about the rich but yep. it's hard to say specifically what and again pessimistic view on on uh humanity and life and how the rich kind of are yeah it's such a different sounding song like it really if, is yeah i i'm a pretty big fan of it though oh i i like this song and it's well placed yeah definitely it leads into the final song, which is track number 14, called Take It Home. Take It Home, baby! Um, similar Take to the song Pacific Standard Time, it starts out with like this drum roll, but not not like a urgent, I need to get their drum roll, kind of like a driving marching band drum roll kind of type thing, mm-hmm. where it has some accented hits. And unlike that song where it builds up and the drum roll doesn't... like appear again in this song every verse is grounded by a drum roll and it, the outro is the drum roll so it, it comes mm-hmm. back again and again which is kind of cool um at least that that's what stuck out to me on this song um this echoes the entire theme of the album yeah more and more pessimism of uh yeah like just humanity mm-hmm. and even even in the uh but then he says like the key the key line in this song is in the second verse when he says, there is no message that I'm, there's no message I'm sending. Mm-hmm. Just this thought process I own. It's time to take it home. So he's so like, he's just leaving. saying like, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm not trying to like have an opinion about any of this. This is just the way my brain like processes this and the way this that is, I'm, I'm thinking about all this stuff, is. you know, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And like, time to go home, you know? Um, and like a button, uh, this song closes how it started with that yep. uh, radio dial going back to that old timey twenties jazz. And I, I like how he says, I, I really like the voice. I don't know. I wonder where they got that, where they sampled that from. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's like, I, I, it's like in the twenties, if... it's like in the twenties, right? Where he's like, and now we return you to the music of a Ramon Rockello and the yep. dance music in the Meridian ballroom in New York city or something it's like exactly that. Exactly like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If, found that somewhere or if they had to record it themselves yeah who like, knows i don't know i have no clue all i know is that I, I like i feel like a lot of punk bands in the 90s did that didn't they like they had like weird like radio voices 
Oh, I, I, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard it before. I, I can't think of anything specific, though. But either way, um, yeah, I like how it ends like that. And then it, you know, you can Starts listen to it. Too. Yeah, you can listen to it straight through and just continue listening to it just because it's. Of it's the way not a they, long album. You can get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it's only like 30 minutes long or something 35, like that. I think. It's yeah. Easy to get to. It'll hold your attention the whole way. I really like how they have Sleeping Between Trucks, Ontario, and Kill the Rich because that breaks up the mm-hmm. the the traditional skate punk sound that they, they have. Yeah. And it makes it just different enough to where you're like, if, you, if you're not a fan of the style per se, um, that'll break it up to where you're not like, oh, every single song sounds the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah. and it, it, it holds your interest. It's really, really well placed how they, they decided where to put those songs. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Cause there definitely is a, a danger, you know, like for instance, a band like Pennywise yep. where, where every single one of their songs pretty much sounds the same. Yeah, and I love Pennywise, yeah. but I 100% agree with you. That's the one where every song sounds the same. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, maybe you should switch it up every now and again to like give yeah. a little yeah. bit of different, a little bit of, you know, but we uh, all know they relief, won't. a little bit of relief to the listener's ear. Yeah. But, Great album though. I really yeah. wish Tony Sly was still with us that so that he could yeah. be pumping out more tunes, but uh Same. can't change what happened. It's a super unfortunate, but at least we have his music that will live on forever. Yeah. At least we have his exists. at least we have his pessimism. <laughs> yes. That in my opinion has a tinge of hope. It, there's a tinge of hope at the very end, but if you yeah. listen to his solo record that came out after this. Uh, is that a uh sad sleepy bear. sleepy sad bear yeah sad, sad bear, bear. Yep. and there are sad songs on there but there's there's fun stuff on there like there there is some hopeful stuff but um yeah and Which, he had by a, the way solo record with joey cape i think that was his final release and there's yeah. good stuff on there yeah those those records his solo records are very much worth listening to um yeah sad bear is a really great album I like Dark Corner, whatever it is, twelve song program. I think it was called the other. Yeah, that was super good. Yep, that was the other one. Um, but, but anyway, um, anyways, we'll we'll do another no use for name album in the future, probably hard rock album. I'm sure. Um, but uh, as we finish this episode, do you think the beer has changed as it warmed up? Um, so I've got just a little bit left here, and I think it kind of has actually. Yeah, I don't think the hop comes through as much as I thought it would as it warms up, but the booze comes through a little more. Mm, okay yeah it's there's a definitely hotter. a little bit more warmth on the end of the the beer yeah at the end of good. the mouthfeel it's nice still good. Yeah. it's not bad at all i would get uh, this again i mean I, I might not seek it out but if i saw it at a bar i'd say yeah sure i'll have one yeah yeah i don't think that this would be a daily drinker for me well no beer is a daily drinker for me anymore uh but yeah. and especially not double ipa <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think that uh yeah it, w- it would be like a case where if I was going to a party or something and like they, I wanted to bring like a decent IPA, like I would, I would bring this one. Something to share with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tasty. A good one. Um, as we said before in the beginning of this episode, next week we are interviewing our good buddy, Ben Butler of Necromancer Brewing. He is the yes. owner, one of the co-owners. Uh, we're so excited for you guys to hear that. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a really good interview. Uh, we get a lot of insight into kind of how how they started uh how um what else did we talk about we talked about the history uh, of beer and the current climate of beer true yeah yeah history of beer all that yeah lagers and ales and current trends just a a lot of good information that i think if you're interested in beer you'll really appreciate yes 100 percent 
But as we finish this beer, um, I don't know. As we finish this beer, let's just let's, <laughs> let's just let's, let's, let's just finish, finish the beer. It. Let's let's do the outro, and then we'll yeah. uh, we'll you guys we get excited do. for next week. <laughs> as we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American brews and tunes. Shibbity beep a